when Sama wakes up, he found himself in a world of shit. He was naked, bleeding from his head. He was confused. And using a broomstick, Miriam was able to tie Sama's arms outwards. He basically looked like Jesus sitting in a chair. A shotgun was pointed directly at his head. She had it set up and tricked and maneuvered. And a string was tied to the trigger. And the other was tied into a hole in his lip that she had given him. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to the Bolt Off with Big Jim podcast. Guess what, motherfucker? Some of the information you are about to hear, some may find disturbing. I don't know who gave them this or who gave them the clearance. On the crotch. Oh my lord. Right there. Can we Google that? Yeah, that's what I thought. And then I oh. fucking stumbled down a dark hole and I love it. Great cake parties. So, you know, if I'm going to believe anybody's bullshit, I'm going to believe mine. It sounds... Uh, not politically correct, but you two motherfuckers need Jesus. What's going on, all you sexy motherfuckers? Hope everyone's doing good. Keeping those boners nice and tight, nice and big. <laughs> Listen. If you're lucky is, to still have one. That's true. That's very true. Listen, this is episode right. 49, okay? We're almost, we are at the peak of the hill okay we are almost there pretty soon our fat asses are rolling right down that 5-0 hill with that being said i think we should do something special for our 50th okay what is that let's go live hi really let's go live let's let's and do how do you propose we do that well uh we were just on the angel rock radio show uh if you guys want to go check them out they're on Facebook and Instagram, I did put it on our Instagram page. Please go check them out. But the way that they were able to broadcast, you know, those four, the four, Lorelai, Dell, yourself, and, and me, mm. I think we, we should do that. And it's cool because then we can interact with everybody from Facebook, from YouTube, and even Twitch. But I think, I think, All right, we'll try it out. I think we if should go. If not 50, if not 50, let's, let's get some more practice under our belt, maybe some more equipment. I, that I wouldn't mind. Nah. Now nah, let's just go live. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> That'd we'll be see. fun. We'll play that by ear, pal. <laughs> well, listen, this story for everyone listening, for everybody watching, this is a story that is out of this world, kind of. Like it's it's very it's very unbelievable until you actually read the article. And it's all real. It's 100 percent real. Yeah, and this is a good example about podcasting. It doesn't necessarily have to be paranormal. We like to joke a lot. We we like to drink. We like to have interaction with people about true crime and paranormal. Well, this is an actual story that Bo came across, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you guys have any recommendations just like this, God, send them in. They don't have to be scary stories. They don't have to be true crime. They don't have to be anything. It could be a current. It could be something that happened within the last five years, just yeah. like, like this one. Yeah, and, and so, this one, I mean, technically, in a way, this one is somewhat of a true crime story. But there, I'd say it's a true badass story. It's a story of, I mean, it's a great Mother's Day story. Very true. Very, oh, it is. Yeah, Mother's Day is right around the corner, as well as the Cinco de Mayo. You know what I'm saying? Empowering story. Well, listen, this is a, this is a very cool story. I, I really hope everybody enjoys it. I hope everybody likes it. Uh, as mentioned in the actual podcast episode, you asked me where I found it. And like I find most of everything nowadays, TikTok. As ridiculous as that fucking app is, this shit is off the hook. It's a, it's a crazy true story that I didn't think was actually real. Well, that's just it. It's a true story. It's not necessarily a true crime it's a true story <laughs> right right exactly uh before we get started though i have some information for everybody please go over to our flow page that's flow.page slash btwbj there you will find all of our links instagram twitter youtube buy us a beer you buy us a beer we shout you out on the very next episode hell we even have stickers now so we can send those out and if you're wondering what the top of this design is yes ladies and gentlemen we got the new Botox with Big Jim t-shirts. <laughs> These are going to be going live, okay? 
these are going out. We have made these. These are available for purchase, and I will be linking the website in the show notes of this episode. And to tell you cheap bastards that it costs less to buy a t-shirt than it is to go to your local McDonald's drive through is an understatement. Very true. Fast food is more fast food is more expensive than a shirt. Very, very true. Nowadays. So <laughs> That's very true. Show some support. Show we some have support. Them. We have them. You can get them. <laughs> and guess what? You want to know something cool? You can go all the way up to 5X. You can stretch these motherfuckers out good. And they are comfy. <laughs> Let me, let me tell you something. They are comfy. and But it's not only t-shirts. We yeah. have a, a, a wide variety of, of other uh, items that are on this website that you can find our our design on. So please go check them out. That, that will be on Redbubble. Uh, I, like, like I said, I will, I will be linking this below. And you can find stickers. You can find active t-shirts like dry fit t-shirts, a drawstring backpack, uh, magnets, uh, travel mugs so many different things so please go check that out i will also be including this in our flow page how about a beer bong maybe we should do that maybe <gasps> camping make, season is we, upon us we can make the we can make the tube the boner part oh and it curves to the right oh <laughs> getting a lot of white foam in everybody's mouth y'all some nasty motherfuckers Y'all motherfuckers so need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, I hope everybody enjoys this. Um, in, in the actual episode, I forgot to mention, so I'll, I'll, I'll mention it here. There's an individual who gets captured. That individual, as far as I know, according to the report, which is also in the show notes, he is still under custody. If you find anything different, please let me know. But this guy dropped a dime on many, many people, and he I would be very surprised if he's alive right now. So he probably is. He's he's probably six feet under. You know what I'm saying? He's probably you know sleeping with the fishes. Well, that's <clears throat> the Italian mob. But listen, revenge is a dish better served cold. So please, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy episode 49, which by the way, I fucked up the last one. I kept saying 47. Enjoy episode 49, the story of Miriam Rodriguez. She's a badass mama. <laughs> this story involves a mother, her daughter, 10 men, and the cartel. Mexican cartel. Mexican cartel. Okay. Let's do it. I'm interested. Here we go. January 23rd, 2012. Karen Alejandra Salinas Rodriguez was leaving her mother's clothing store, Rodeo Boots, in for San Fernando, Mexico. Miriam Rodriguez, who was 53 at the time, was the mother of three and was working as a live as a live-in nanny in Texas. She had two daughters, Karen, another daughter, Azalea, and one son, Luis Jr., and her husband, another, another fourth name, Luis Hector Salinas Castillo. Mm. Now, according, mm. to, according to all the family, the family, Miriam was a short firecracker. She had a foul mouth. Actually, she kind of reminded me of Grandma, especially some of the pictures that I found of, of her. For any of you who, okay. who know who Grandma Mary is, this is pretty much that that woman. Uncensored. Very uncensored. Well, on that day of January 23rd, Karen was coming home and she would end up being kidnapped. She was last seen driving a Ford fucking Ranger while driving into traffic okay. and merging. Time out, time out, time out, time out. Where does that saying come from? Oh, that's TikTok. The Ford Ranger. Bet you ain't drunk for a fucking up. Ranger. I have no idea. I just heard the guy say it. Okay. I have driven a Ford Ranger for a uh, while. A Ford fucking Ranger, sir. Ford All Ranger. Right. <laughs> Back to the cartel story. <laughs> Two pickup trucks pull up next to Karen. Men with face coverings and Armalite rifles, or better known as AR-15s. 
jumped out of their their trucks and forced Karen to pull over while while pulling her truck to the side. Basically forced her over to the side of the road. The individuals jumped in her truck and drove off with her in it. So now there's three pickup trucks, two of the cartel, one of Karen's. And to kind of give you a picture of how San Fernando was operating back in 2012, there was basically no man's land. There was a huge rival between two cartels, the Los Zetas cartel and the Gulf cartel. It was such a dangerous place in 2012 that a mass grave was discovered with over 72 people inside of it. 58 of them were men and 14 of them were women. The kidnappers drove Karen to her home, which was back, like I said, in San Fernando, Mexico. They bound and gagged her on the floor. While the, kidnapped, while the kidnappers planned their next move, a family friend, who was also a mechanic, came in to Karen's house to fix her uncle's car. Now, unknowingly, he stumbled into a shit show. Dude was surrounded by, by six guys, all with with uh, armor light rifles and Karen is now bound and gagged hogtied on on the floor. Kidnappers took the mechanic but eventually let him go as he had no relevance to Karen or knew of anything that was really going really that was going to happen. So they said, you know what, screw it. Let's get him out of here. He's not going to do anything with us. Now if you're wondering which cartel actually took Karen, that is the Los Zetas cartel. Miriam, the mother, and the family kept up high hopes in, for Karen's return. Multiple times, ransoms were demanded and ransoms were met. Luis Sr. followed the ransom one particular time to a T. He pulled over $2,000 in cash from, a, duffel, from a, a bank, which, by the way, this bank in particular gave out loans for, for situations like this. For ransom. For ransom. Went <laughs> went to the bank, pulled out two grand cash in a in a duffel bag, placed it near a health clinic in San Fernando. The money was then picked up by a cartel member, and seconds turned to minutes, minutes turned to hours, hours turned to months, and Karen was still never seen. Now, also keep in mind, they they meaning the cartel would continuously kind of have them like a fish on a hook. They tell yeah. them, well, give us this money, you'll see her. Give us this money, you'll see her. Meet us over here, you'll see her. They'd send, they'd send photos of, of Karen to, to Miriam. So many different things to really just try to get as much money as possible. Now, I'm also curious, not curious, but if those who are curious are wondering why two grand in cash, well, Two grand in cash in Mexico in 2012 was quite a quite a few amount of dollars to the U.S. dollar here. Pesos. Pesos, yeah. Two years go by. Remember, this whole incident started in January of 2012. It's now 2014 of August. Still no, no signs of Karen. They keep saying, well, keep paying us, keep doing this. You'll see her, you'll see her. Finally, the family was able to to march and take to the streets to find Karen. They went actually all the way down to Mexico City and asked for the government's help. However, the government did not want to help them. They kind of wanted just to stay out of the cartel's hands because, or not hands, but their pockets, so to speak, because they don't want, they don't want the negative activity coming back on the government, which many people already think that the government's already associated with the government, with the cartel anyways. I'm sure they are. See, look. So after not getting, <laughs> it's, it's a fact. It's a, yeah, it's 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 shown before. After weeks of asking uh, asking for help and trying to get the cartel to to give Karen back, Miriam did something that nobody thought of. She actually was able to to get a hold of one of the members of the cartel. She said, very scary, but she asked, please, I would like to have a meeting with someone or a leader to see where my daughter is. And to her surprise, they said yes. 
All right. They ended up meeting a few days later at a restaurant called El Junior. The man who was leading the pack of nine men was a very short, short hair, young, slender, clean shaven, who looked no older than 16 or 17. crazy who was it well during their conversation Miriam could overhear on a radio on his on his belt because that's how a lot of the cartel yeah. operate they either operate with cell phones or radio short shortwave radios to get a hold of other members yeah, but before we go any chat. further before we go any further can you imagine sitting face to face with the guy who's took your fucking your kid, your your son, your daughter, your nephew, whoever, your mom, you know, anyone that that you know? Can you imagine sitting face to face with with that person? No, me either. I'd no. lose my shit though. I'll tell you that much. I, I for sure emotions yeah. would overcome me. You you mentioned what the person looked like or what his name was. Excuse me. So while they're sitting there and while they're while the radio is going off because this guy was a narcissist, you know, he is a kid, but he's very much a narcissist. He's walking around, especially in Mexico. They got the bedazzled shirts. They got the big belt buckles. You know, they got the all- the alligator skin or elephant skin boots. So they're they're sudden. They're flashing. So they're real cocky, especially when they got a bunch of guys around them controlling everything. Sure. Well, what he wasn't paying attention to was his radio. So as they're talking, Miriam's at, she's asking questions, saying this, saying that. Where's my daughter? When, when can we see her? She overhears the radio chatter. And while discussing terms and conditions, basically, to get her daughter back, Miriam overhears the name Sama. She overhears it. So now it's, especially a mom. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Women are like pregnant elephants. They have memories that can last for years and years. Like they'll remember anything that that you did 19 years ago as if it happened yesterday. So she she remembers this man's name. Now keep in mind, kidnappings can affect everyone in a family very, 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 very differently. When a child is abducted, the incredibility severe of stress is then added to the past stresses meaning sure if you have bills if you have a car that was stolen if you life. have life in general and then yeah. adding all of this to it some typical pre-stressors might include the domestic violence separation divorce i'm sorry this is what can happen after a child being a person being kidnapped Domestic violence, separation, divorce, child abuse, neglect, suicide, loss of a job, or housing and financial insecurities. And if anyone's wondering, this was all that was all taken from the child abduction task force.com. It's a shame that that even has to exist. It is. It's a shame that most things like that have to exist, you know? Yeah. After countless ransoms were paid but never met with uh, with with Karen. Uh, Louise Sr. separated from Miriam. Now, as I mentioned, separation does happen between the families. Miriam then moved in with her second daughter, Azalea. Miriam, in secret, told Azalea, quote, I know, I know she's not coming back. She's probably dead by now. Azalea went on to say that on that day her mother was gone and someone else evolved from Miriam sadness turned from sorrow to determination hope turned into rage and Miriam vowed that night to hunt down any person involved in Karen's kidnapping you blame her no hell no I don't blame her now keep in mind this is 2012 and 2014 so the, the, the social media, right? The social media back then was at a huge boner peak, right? Is at the very, very tippity top. 2012. What do you mean? Social oh, I mean, media. it wasn't as advanced. I know, but it, 
it was just the transition of barely getting into Instagram. But it was just coming up and everybody was yeah. getting onto it. Even yeah, MySpace my... wasn't even as big as, you know, Facebook, Instagram, and all these other things that were coming, that were popping up. Hell, even Snapchat. Snapchat came out about 2010, 2011. So 2012, Snapchat was at its peak, its prime. Now, after finding out that the mechanics survived the kidnappings, Miriam was able to pick his brain. Also keep in mind, she, she, not intimidated, she, what's the word I'm looking for? Integrated? Interrogated. Interrogated. (laughs) See, I know words, people. She interrogated many, many people, including the kid, the mechanic who saw Miriam with the kidnappers. What she was able to get from the mechanic was that there was Sama, who she already had. Two other men who had somewhat some facial characteristics. Thank you. I don't know why I can't say the word. Miriam picked his brain. Like the two chubby Mexican dudes picking carne asada off of a plate. Basically, <laughs> you and I. Yeah. And using Facebook, more than the average Mexican-American woman using WhatsApp or a long-distance phone call back home, Miriam spent hours, hours, hours on Facebook looking for clues about Karen, specifically on her Facebook page. And then to her amazement, to Miriam's amazement, one day she found something very interesting. Facebook post. In the post was a man named Sama. The same pinche cabron who was sharing the goddamn arroz con con leche with her. Puta madre. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, they actually had food. Uh, They were sharing food kind of. They had a big, like, you know, well, the dudes over there with nine other people, they're, they're going to have food there too. So they're, they're all eating and, and sure enough, there's the same, same guy. And it's on Karen's Facebook post. What's crazy though, is that there's a young lady in the, in that post who's not Karen. Instead, it's a young lady wearing an ice cream shop. Come to find out after searching the internet. Miriam was able to find out that the ice cream shop in particular was over two hours away in a city called ooh, <laughs> Ciudad Victoria. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. For weeks, Miriam sat outside of this ice cream shop. She drove two hours away and then sat outside of that ice cream shop for three weeks. Three weeks. She sat there for so long, she knew people's work schedule, dude. I believe it. Obsessive. Crazy. But she was waiting for Sama or the girl to show up. Come to find out, that girl who was in that ice cream uh, uniform happened to be Sama's girlfriend. Finally, after the third week, Sama showed up to the shop. After that, the woman after the woman's shift, the pair went to her home. Miriam was able to follow on foot the two individuals. The, the, the girlfriend didn't live very far. She lived about three blocks from where the ice cream shop was. She stayed far enough back to see where they walked, how they walked. She, I mean, she, she literally was Liam Neeson in Taken. Like, she's watching fucking which corner they they take they bump into a fucking a dude selling ice or something you know she's watching everything and and then it gets to the point where she sees them walking to this particular building and she gets the address Miriam was able to find a brick as they're walking up she walks behind and strikes both of them in the back of the head knocking the girl unconscious and leaving a gash in Sama's head he also oh she met, got him she got him Miriam. oh okay okay afterwards okay. also keep in mind it's about nine o'clock in the evening so it's very dark not very many people are out i was just making a joke about you know bumping into a guy selling ice oh no, no that's fine but he got caught slipping hard he got caught slipping and it's just those <laughs> two so she knocked them both out i mean i feel bad for the girl 
she's like, God damn it. I'm just here to suck some dick. And now I'm getting my ass knocked out. So Miriam. About which, the girl. She knows about the missing girl, I'm sure. By the way, Miriam's three three years older than you are right now in this situation. Hey, rage is a motherfucker. Especially when it's a mother. So <laughs> she literally drags both of these people one by one up these steps, right? When Sama wakes up, he found himself in a world of shit. He was naked, bleeding from his head. He was confused. And using a broomstick, Miriam was able to tie Sama's arms outwards. He basically looked like Jesus. Right? He's sitting in a chair. Definitely compromised. Oh, very. Sitting in a chair. His legs are tied to the legs of the actual chair itself. A shotgun was pointed directly at his head. Here's the crazy part. Miriam wasn't holding the shotgun. She had it set up and 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 tricked and maneuvered and a string was tied to the trigger and the other was tied into a hole in his lip that she had given him. <laughs> so, she asked several questions about Karen mainly where she was and if she was alive. When he refused to tell to say anything, she said, okay, this will hurt. I wouldn't move if I were you. Because keep in mind, he still has that string tied to his lip. She gets yeah. a, a nail gun, puts it to his kneecap. Mm. Bam! Blast it. Mm. And the dude... He's trying hard not to move. Can you imagine that that pain? Can you imagine mm -hmm. that pain? I've, I've hit my no. finger with a hammer. Mm -hmm. She asks him again, mm -hmm. where is my where is my daughter? He doesn't say. Nail gun into his other knee. Fucking this kid's a savage. I'm sorry, but if he's not talking by the just the sheer sight of a shotgun pointed at your face, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're naked tied to a chair. I would have told you my social security number. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay now he's still still refusing to give up any information and like i said michonne and the governor if you haven't uh -huh. if, if nobody's read the book i highly recommend it because it's much more graphic than it is the show still but, a great show still a great show but very much like when michonne pretty much castrates the governor Miriam takes the nail gun puts her right to the head of his dick <sighs> where's my daughter where is she is she still alive refusing to say anything Ka -ka! Mm. the Prince Albert is thick with this guy buddy <laughs> Just to give Did you he say anything? No, that was all fake. <laughs> oh, okay. Sounded good though, okay. did it? Can you yeah, imagine, can you imagine I believe that it. was real. Can you imagine if that was real? Yeah, Joey. I mean, can you? I mean, hell, look at Lorraine Bobbitt. Mm, true. That's very true. Yeah. But unfortunately, that did not happen. That would have made the story so much more better. I personally like that version. Which did I'm she not watch. shoot him in the knees? None of this actually happened. <laughs> All right. <laughs> she did follow. She did follow them back to the, to the apartment. She did memorize the address to give it to the police, but the police wouldn't respond to just an address. They needed more evidence. They needed something more to go off of. So, in a somewhat of a dramatic measure, Miriam cut her hair and dyed it bright fire engine, almost like my shirt, fire engine red. Because don't forget, Sama knew what she looked like. He knew, and at prior the time, to the meeting. Right. So she had not super long hair, but it was about shoulder shoulder length hair, brunette, and and didn't wear very very much makeup. Well, she was able to dye her hair, like I said, completely red, cut it short to almost like um uh, almost like my hair, kind of. Like it's not very long, okay. but it's long enough. Okay. She then used an old government uniform. From her from the health ministry that she used to work for. This is true. This part is true. Okay. She also got the work ID from that same place and used a fake poll 
to get details from people around his neighbor, around that neighborhood to collect information about Sama. Wow, creative. Very creative. She got so much information. She even had photos of Sama with the other Zeta member cartels who captured Karen, cartel members who captured Karen. Miriam, Miriam was able to contact local, state, and federal law enforcement for help, but again, no one helped. But that didn't stop her. Miriam didn't take no for an answer, asking several officers outside of asking their leadership for help. They all declined, but one. Now, this officer at the time of this story was an active officer, so he did not give his name for this interview, which, okay. by the way, this whole story is on the New York Post, the whole story. Okay. Uh, but he was an active officer and, and did not want to be quoted, did not want to be identified, excuse me. But this is what the officer had to say about helping Miriam. Quote, when she pulled out her file, when she pulled her files onto the table, I had never seen anything like it. Not even the, the highest detectives had this much information on one person. The details and information gathered by this woman working all alone was incredible. She had gone to every single level of government and they all slammed the door in her face to help her hunt down the people who took her daughter. It was the greatest privilege of my career. End quote. Wow. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, he, she encouraged him that much to risk his own life to help her risk his own life to basically risk his own fucking job, everything to help her to help. And sure well, enough, yeah. sure enough, motivation right there. It happened. He was able to, to convince his leadership to get a search warrant to be served for Sama. But by the time the search warrant was able to be issued, Sama had already left town. So it was, he, it was did that he know close. Was, did he know he was being uh, under surveillance? It didn't say, but come on. Yeah. I mean, this is it, we, a lot of people know you don't have to be watching a movie or, you know, whatever shit like this does happen and there are rats held the departed the whole movie was a rat on a rat <laughs> on a rat you know <laughs> but Miriam did not stop there even though sama was gone Miriam was determined to find the other members she took so many photos from facebook she screenshotted she downloaded everything and on september 23rd 2014 the mexican independence day the real mexican independence day right correct the celebrations were in full swing and Luis Jr. was closing up his shop when in walked in the final customer of the evening. He was telling him, hey, we're going to be closing soon, but please, whatever you you uh, need, grab it and we can, we can leave. The celebrations are, are happening. And he didn't really pay attention to who this guy was until he got to the cash register. Could you take a random guess as to who this person was? Sama. <laughs> Sama came into his fucking shop. All right. Notifying his mom, Miriam flew over to the shop. She broke so many speeding, speeding, uh, uh, what the hell is it called? Laws? Speeding laws oh, to okay. get over there. Now, it wasn't that far from her home, but it was a good enough distance to where she got there. And, let, and a 45-minute drive was done in about 25 minutes. Wow. Okay. So she was definitely hauling ass. I don't think her wheels <laughs> touched the ground. Oh, he did it. Finally able to call the police and make an arrest because they still had that search warrant and bring him in for questioning. Now, what's even funnier about this whole part is also remember it's now, it's still 2014 and he still looks young. So he's probably 17, maybe 18 at this time. <laughs> and the whole time, like a kid who gets in trouble, no, stop, stop. He's screaming. At the top of his lungs, please don't take me in. Don't take me in. Like a child, he even goes as far as saying that he has a heart condition. So to, to, to please keep it easy on him. Wow. Okay. So he's not very tough. No. He's a little baby. Yeah. <laughs> During the interrogation... Of the, of the police department, Miriam was able to actually sit outside of the room. Now, here's another crazy part. 
she was able to find out Sama's real name, which it wasn't Sama. Sama was just his nickname, but everyone called him Sama as his real name. His real name was Christian Jose Zabata Gonzalez. Jeez. And guess what he did? He dropped dimes on everybody. He gave them names. He gave them dates. He gave them fucking eye color. He gave them penis length. I don't know, but he told them everything. A rat on a rat. A rat on a rat. He gave baby mamas side pieces. Nobody was safe. Nobody was safe. And this guy's supposed to be the fucking leader. You, you know, he's supposed he's to be still the one. Kid. He the, ain't that. He ain't that mature. The top dog. Now, during this whole interrogation, which took all of four hours, he mentioned that he was hungry. Now, besides all the crazy shit that she was able to do, dye her hair, get a work uniform, um, everything, all of that, at, at, at the very core of who she is, Miriam was still a mom. Sure. So when she heard him say, I'm hungry, can I please have something to eat? The mother and her came out. She went and actually got him food. She got the kidnapper, the guy who started all of this food and fed him. That's a mom. <laughs> she said, I'm still a mother. I felt like I needed to help him. And he is still a child. Very That's true fucking crazy I, I i never in a million years would even have thought to do something like that and let's hope it never happens i hope fucking <laughs> yeah no eventually Marion was taken to the mass grave that i'd mentioned earlier by sama while looking for karen for karen Miriam was able to find a scarf that belonged to that <laughs> Belonged to Karen. That belonged to Karen. The surrounding areas had had very, the surrounding areas had debris scattered everywhere, as well as skeletons. Mm. So it's safe to say, unfortunately, that Karen was somewhere within that debris and was probably one of those skeletons. They were able to find a bone that was actually wrapped up next to one of the scarves. That was Karen's scarf. Officials determined that the bone was not Karen's DNA. It wasn't until a year later in 2015, after Miriam was persistent of asking, is this my daughter's bone? They did further digging to find out that the bone was Karen's. So out of all that, that all the bones, they found something that matched or they were just telling her that? One femur. So is the rest still in the mass grave? I mean, there's still bodies they, in there? No, they think that animals came and kind of picked up the rest. Because there was the, there was skeleton bones, but there wasn't... It's not like a whole skeleton was intact. They were just scattered. Yeah, But there was enough of an exposed... So obviously they didn't bury her too deep. No, no. Oh, of course, of course not. It's it, For a mass grave, they're not burying people six feet. It's not a six foot by 18 foot hole that they're digging they're just going to dig as far as they can before they get tired and just shove people in it wow okay in the end Miriam was able to disguise herself as a church as a church goer for another member of this cartel now why would she dress herself as a church goer well because after this whole incident one of the members found God and okay. he was the preacher of a church. In the middle of him preaching, she was able to call the police and say, I found another member of the cartel. He's at this church. You need to come and get him now. Police showed up, arrested, arrested the preacher. And one parishioner, 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 parishioner. parishioner asked Miriam to have pity as the police carried, literally carried the, the pastor preacher out of the church. When Miriam looked at the woman who asked that question, she, she said, where was his compassion when, when they killed my, my daughter? Basically like a big 
fuck you. This guy's going to prison. Sure. Another person who was captured by Miriam was a gentleman who was unnamed, but he was named in the article as a florist. Right? Is that there? Florist? Sells flowers. Sells flowers, yeah. So he is working at the border. Now, you and I have been to the Mexico border many, many, many a times. There are several people who are walking up and down these lanes, selling flowers, selling toys, selling whatever, just to make ends meet, right? Street vendors, yeah. So that's what he ends up going back to. Right. She was actually going back to her her job, her live-in nanny job in Texas, when, lo and behold, someone who she found in one of those Facebook posts was selling flowers called up the phone and the dude recognized her she's 56 at this time dude drops all of his shit and books it towards the border she gets out of her car and is chasing him on foot mind you she's like 5'2 and going just running all the way down that's all you hear is a little she looks like like Mario running doing <laughs> he is able to actually catch him because he ends up tripping running on the street and onto the curb he trips and she catches him she reaches in her in her purse and pulls out a 45 smith and weston damn right on and grandma she says she's she and she tells him do not move or you or you will not live to see the next hour I was when I read that, I was like, I'm getting chills right now. I'm like, God damn, dude, this this grandma is fucking hard. I would not want her to be my my my, my grandma. She probably whooped my ass for some stupid shit that, that I've probably done. Yeah, she definitely wouldn't forget. No, hell no. <laughs> she was actually able to hold him there for an hour and a half. Can you imagine not moving with a gun to you to, while while someone's telling you, if you move, I will fucking shoot you. For an hour and a half, you, I I have to pee. I have di- diabetes. Okay, when, when when my blood sugar goes high, I have to pee a lot sometimes. Okay, I can only imagine. I'd probably piss myself. I I probably would. I'm sure he lost his his bowels. Bowels at <laughs> Eventually, the cops did come and arrest him, and he was put put in jail. And like like Why I did said, take so long. Why they take an hour and a half? I don't know. They're at the border, but again, this is this is based off the article that I read in the the New York Post. Okay. They were they were able to finally apprehend this gentleman, and he was still he's still he's still known as the florist. So the florist was taken to jail, and she was she was going home. The people in, in the San Fernando thought Miriam Miriam was going too far by challenging the cartel. She was even quoted saying, I don't I don't really care if they kill me. I died the day that they killed my daughter. I want this to end. I'm going to take out as many people who hurt my daughter and they can do whatever they want to me. That She's still doing this? On March on March 10th, 2017, on Mother's Day, I'm sorry, March 9th. Mother's Day, 12 prisoners, 10 of which who she was able to put in jail, escaped from a prison in Ciudad Victoria. That's still two hours away. 12 people escaped from that prison. Now, Miriam had known about this, and she even asked for help from your local police department. Because it was a big issue. If someone breaks out of jail, I don't care where you're at. They're going to put it out. And she knows who they are, where they were, and who they're probably going to be coming for. But uh, periodic patrols were given as far as her protection. Right. No, No law enforcement was actually waiting outside of her house, walking with her. Nobody was there. After, after, after all of this, and the 12 prisoners escaped. At 10 p.m. that night, while walking into her home, keep in mind, 
when she ran to go catch that guy, she actually broke her foot. Ooh. So her foot's broken. She's in one of those, you know, those boots. So Walking she's taking yeah. she's taking her time to get back home. And as she's coming home, her husband, Louis Sr., hears around 30 shots. Just just fired. When he cut when he came outside, he found Miriam face down. Jesus. Now around 30 shots were 30 shots were shot, but she was only hit. 13 times which makes me wonder how fucking terrible of a shot are you guys that's 12 people 12 people and that's one almost that's one bullet of one of every person all 12 of them didn't go after her they just probably had one person to do it right well in, in the story it says 12 12 guys went to hunt this lady down and they only hit her 13 times 13 times it only takes one but yeah, they Terrible blind shots. too. <laughs> I think so. I think they shot like this. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> but anyways, yes they 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 pulled up in a white van and multiple men got out of the van and shot at her. When Louise came over to check on Miriam to see to see if she was okay, obviously, doesn't matter how many times you've been shot, but if you've been shot enough, enough times, there's a significant amount of blood that comes out. He was able to move her, and when he moved her and flipped her over, her hand was still clutching her uh, her uh, gun. Oh, she was about to return fire. Oh yes, she heard she heard them get out, and she turned. She she was facing towards the street. She wasn't facing towards the door. She heard them pull up, and she turned, reached in her purse, and then they fired. It's one badass grandma. Badass grandma. But that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that is the story of Miriam Rodriguez. And this is how how did you come across this article? Just... Uh, TikTok, actually. Really? TikTok. I was scrolling through TikTok and out of nowhere it was like, we've all seen the movie Taken with Liam Neeson and da da da. I was like, okay, where's this going? But did you mm. know about Miriam Rodriguez? And I'm like, Oh, this is a Mexican woman? Go on. And (laughs) (laughs) sure enough, I was definitely intrigued and I found it and I'm like, holy shit, this is there's no way this is real. And after after a while, I was pulling up news article, news article, news article. I'm like, dude, no freaking way. I mean, she was she's such a badass that even when another person who was kidnapped, uh, I believe his name was was Luis, which is years later, very similar to to Karen. Her son, Luis Jr., uh, took over her her business, so to speak, to help find this uh, this other kid. The only difference is is he's a bit of a pussy and didn't want to face them, you know, like a badass. And yeah. He even says in in this article, he's like, listen. The way that, that my mom did things was amazing, and she inspired so so many people. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm gonna go buy the book as much as possible. <laughs> I want to come out of this walking on my own two feet. And so there's a there's another story that's associated with this one, but yeah, he so Lu, Luis is now able to kind of be Miriam in this in her whole little. Uh, so is he a bounty hunter program. or is he like an I activist of a, uh, activist is, is is more like it yeah it's like a john walsh yes yes exactly <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah oh, that is that is the story of miriam rodriguez i think they don't have a movie or something after it so as of january 1st 2021 this year Blumhouse has acquired the rights of the New York Times story to make a movie about the mother who tracked down her daughter's killers over these years. And according to what this article says, the story is going to be called The Story of Justice. Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Okay. Well, you know what Blumhouse puts out, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. Blumhouse gets it. This is this is gonna be a brutal movie. 
and it's going to be good. I hope they get someone good. If they get Sofia Vergara, I'm going to be a little upset though. <gasps> yeah, Ooh, they, they, you, they no. have to. They got to get uh, Sal, Salma Hayek. Oh my god! They can't though. It can't. She can't be pretty though. She has She's to older. be Alice Braga. Alice Braga. I'm gonna look that from up. Legend. Or she is now Queen of the South. Oh yeah. You know she's Brazilian though, right? Yeah, she's Brazilian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she'd be really good. She just looks a little younger to be 56. But I mean, if they can, well, I mean, they can age her. She was in Predator. She was in Predators. She yeah. was a sniper in Predators. Yeah. And she was in I Am Legend. She's Queen of the South. Mm-hmm. And she was, she's been in a lot of movies, but good story. I hope they do it justice. Me too. I mean, it's called yeah. Story of Justice. They better do it justice. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. Mm. <laughs> I'm just intrigued now. I'm surprised. I'm glad you told me because I'll be looking forward to it. Me too. <laughs> so with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, happy Cinco de Mayo. Mayo. <laughs> de mayonnaise. De mayonnaise. Or. Commercially known as Cinco de Drinko. Yeah. Enjoy <laughs> enjoy all your mar- your margaritas and te- tequilas. And uh, thank you for, for tuning in. Uh, please be sure to leave a comment, leave a like. Please go over to our flow page, flow.page slash btwbj. There you will find all of our links to the Instagram, to the Twitter, to the TikTok, to the... I don't think I've added the Facebook group yet, but I will be putting that up there. There you can also buy us a beer. If you buy us a beer, we will shout you out on the very next episode. So, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. And hope to see you on our 50th. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Peace. Adios. Mexican word for bye. Adios, duh.